All right, well, welcome to the Chandler Museum. I want to thank you all for coming and spending your Friday, uh, <laughs> Friday evening here with us for uh, Ch uh, Voices of Chandler Podcast Live, the Intel Effect. <laughs> I'm Jody Craig. I'm the museum administrator here, and we're joined by Nanette Vaz. Let me describe a little bit what uh, Voices of Chandler Podcast Live is. Uh, so this was a, a speaker series funded by City Council um, last year during the budget cycle. Um, and it was a, a desire to create a speaking series around the city that would focus on business, arts and culture in the community. Um, and so when it came time for the museum to do one, we thought about talking about one of the greatest impacts in our history and culture that we could really think of, uh, both business culture and community culture, and that's Intel. So we reached out to, to Nanette and I wanted to share her story. So. <laughs> Um, with that, let me read her bio, and then we will uh, uh, recognize, first of all, let me recognize Vice Mayor uh, Terry Rowe is here in the audience. Thank you very much. Um, uh, and thank you for the funding to have this, this uh, process go forward. Um, Nanette Vaz is the Senior Director of Supply Chain for Intel Foundry Services, uh, is an Intel veteran of more than 30 years. Uh, Nanette serves as co-chair of Intel's Arizona Site Leadership Committee. Uh, she's a charter lead to Intel Arizona as a great place to work and an asset to the community. Nanette has a deep belief in the value of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and is a known advocate and a member and a mentor to many. She graduated from Arizona State University with a BS in supply chain and a master's degree in business and administration. And she lives in Ahwatukee with her husband and two sons. So let's start all the way at the beginning um, and let's let's ask you this question. Uh, what is your Intel story? What brought you to this seat to talk about Intel today? So it's hard to believe that it's actually I just celebrated my 34 year anniversary May 1st at Intel and I never thought that that's what I was going to do for 34 years but it's been an amazing amazing journey. So uh, one of the things that I thought about is how did I end up at Intel? Um, and I remember I had just graduated. I was like any recent college graduate looking for jobs. And I was um, talking to many companies all over, all over the place. And my, my background, I'm one of the few Intel people who's not an engineer. People always ask me, are you an engineer? No, I'm not. Intel has all kinds of people at Intel of different backgrounds and professions. And, um, I was looking for a job. I had uh, a few different options. One of the options I was really interested in was a 150-year-old company located in Wisconsin. So I was really interested in them, but I ended up going there in December. <laughs> and after that, I decided I wouldn't go there. But <laughs> so instead, I chose this very little-known, kind of new company called Intel. They were fairly new. To, uh, to Arizona, so I, I joined in 89. Um, the Chandler area actually got started um, just shortly before that. In fact, a funny story. My first, my, my offer was not for the Chandler site, but it was for the Deer Valley location. Did, do you, just a quick show of hands, did people know that Intel was in Deer Valley? Yeah, a couple of people, yeah, more, yeah. So I got my offer, it said Deer Valley, I'm like, oh gosh, I used to live in Tempe. Mm -hmm. So uh, what happened, like Intel, it's very adaptive and things change. Three or four days before I started, I got a new offer and I, I got moved to the Chandler facility here. So I was in a building that was there called CH3 mm -hmm. uh, many, many years ago. 
Yeah. So let's set the let's set the the the, the site there. So mm -hmm. Intel first came to Chandler in 1977. Um, uh, the Arizona Public reported that they were surprised that Intel was moving to Chandler and what it was going to bring. Uh, the town was very excited. Up to that point. Um, uh, Chandler really was still an agricultural community. We're looking, mm -hmm. we were about 12,000 people, and so uh, this was going to have a big effect. Um, and one of the first places they built was at Ray and Rural um, on, uh, uh, on a piece of property that is actually connected to this site as well. So you're at the Chandler Museum, but you're also next to the McCullough Price House, which was owned mm -hmm. by Art Price. Art Price was uh, a, a a nephew of Dr. Chandler. He married Dr. Chandler's niece. Uh, he was also the first city attorney for Chandler. And he purchased uh, ranch lands out here and, and he purchased this house. His land is actually some of the very first mm -hmm. land that Intel sits in. So it's kind of appropriate to talk about that history mm -hmm. uh, in connection with the site where we are tonight. Mm -hmm. But that being said, um, uh, Intel immediately had a big effect on Chandler as people from Santa Clara and elsewhere came mm -hmm. to uh, reside in Chandler. Mm -hmm. So I think you have a, a couple stories about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's funny you talked about um, what the site looked like in the beginning. I remember when the Chandler Boulevard was called Williamsfield Road. And I lived in Tempe and I was coming south uh, headed this way and it felt like I was going to Tucson actually. <laughs> it felt like I was driving and driving like what is down here? It was very, um, there was a lot of farmland still around. And um, so we just recently celebrated our 40-year anniversary. Uh, a gentleman in the audience has a t-shirt has from the 40-year anniversary that we celebrated. And um, when we did that, one of the things we did is we had an interview with uh, one of our CEOs, Craig Barrett, mm -hmm. who has a long uh, foundation here in Arizona and still has uh, roots in, in Arizona. But um, he was talking about, he was here before I was, and he was talking about a story that um, the site, we bought a lot of land and we only used a portion of it for a few buildings. So we ended up leasing out some of the land to a local farmer and we let them use the land at the time. Apparently, the farmer decided to plant some onions and during harvest season, when you're pulling the onions out, it, it, it was a very strong smell. And we had the fab going at the time, and there was this big concern. There was a there, there was all the engineers were going about making sure that there wasn't going to be an impact on the yield rate because of the odor from <laughs> from the. Did, was anyone here during that time? By the way, anyone here? That's no. It, and uh, it, that it's it's a very interesting story when when uh, he did that. Um, I have another story from another CEO that I'll share that, I, that touches my heart actually deeply. Um, so I was pretty early on in my career. I had gone to this event. It's called the Intel Manufacturing Excellence um, IMIC, if some of you know of it. And you go to it. And it's a big event, and I was fairly young in my career. And I actually was doing an exhibit. And the exhibit doors were closed, and the kind of the dignitaries were brought in before they opened the doors up for everybody. And so Andy Grove walked in with his wife next to him, and they kind of looked around, they walked in the door, looked around, like, where should we start? And he said, I was kind of in the front, um, and he looked over at her and said, where should we start? And he said, let's go start over there. There's two women, she said, let's go start over there. There's two women on that exhibit. And this was in the days that 
in high tech, there weren't a lot of women. So I think that's the beginning mm -hmm. of you know, the diversity and inclusion and, and, and encouraging uh, women and other uh, minorities to develop and come up. I just love that moment for two reasons. One, he asked her and he listened to his wife. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. So, um, Maybe you can speak to, like, we're, we're talking about that earliest period of, of uh, Intel's history, the 77 to the early 80s. I mean, by the time uh, the 80s roll around, Chandler has grown almost twice, so it's a 20, 25,000 people at that point. Um, but what was one of the things, or what, were, what was the reason that Intel even thought about moving to Chandler? Yeah. Um well, I always say, I mean, Intel um, believes, like if you look at where our locations are, we really want to be a part of the community. So we want to grow with the community. And uh, here, it has the university, it has the space. We knew we were going to grow. We had high aspirations. So, um, and the support of the, the local uh, of the government, the community believes and wanted to develop um, the education system, et cetera. So we felt it was very symbiotic. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly it's proven to be. I, I, I don't know if they ever thought it was going to turn out the way it is, right. um, but um, it, it, it clearly has been um, a great success. Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, to that point, uh, at the time, city council leaders and others were having this conversation about, uh, we need to find a way to diversify that agricultural background. Um, Rogers, another high-tech corporation had come <laughs> in the 60s, but there hadn't been a, a a, a large influx of, mm -hmm. of other high, kind of high-tech companies. And so when Intel starts to arrive, then other high-tech mm -hmm. manufacturers and, and producers start to uh, show some interest in the region, not just mm -hmm. Chandler, but also Tempe and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So it really did have a huge impact. And that's when you start to see the population of Chandler start to take this uh, yeah. skyrocketing because not only are people coming to work at Intel, but they're coming for support services, they're mm -hmm. coming uh, you know, family members of other people and those kinds of things, you really start to see it uh, uh, grow. So um, then we have a transition when they start to build uh, some additional campuses, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I believe it was 94 when I was in the Chandler site and there was a big announcement that there's going to be this new location, this new site. It was a very, very big deal for all the employees there. They hired buses. And the entire site uh, went to the Akatio location, that, which is our biggest site now. And um, it was green field. It was fields. There was nothing there. And, and we, you know, we all got in our buses. We went out there, and there was a podium and some announcements and groundbreaking, but nothing out there. I live in Ahwatukee. Mm -hmm. I can see our factory from Ahwatukee now. I mean, the size of it, the magnitude of it, and it was... Um, a real point of sense of pride um, because we were committing to investing in, in Arizona even more. Absolutely. Yeah. So what you see up here is you see some of the early bunny suit folks, right? Dressed up. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead, just a couple other pictures. This is the actual first uh, uh, campus, the campus that is up on Chandler. And then if we go a little bit further, now you're starting to see some of the other developments going. Oh, there, there's the building I was in, my first building. <laughs> and then keep going, yeah. That's Craig Barrett right there. That's yeah. the, uh, uh, the first CEO that you yeah. were mentioning yeah. and had a big impact on, on coming in yeah. Chandler. So. I have a couple of stories of, about him as well. So um, some of you might remember the airlines, America West Airlines. Uh, a few, yeah, head nods. So, um, so before we now have an Intel shuttle that goes to our major sites, a plane, 
Um, but before that, um, and I was in finance, by the way, uh, I did an analysis that said, hey, maybe it's a good idea if we do something different rather than spending all this money jumping on commercial flights. Because I used to be on a weekly basis heading to San Jose, and Craig Barrett used to be heading to San Jose every week. Um, so we ended up having an office right next to each other when we worked mm -hmm. together. And um, uh, it, it, it was, it, I, I've been here for six CEOs. Wow. Um, so, and every one of them brought um, a special talent to our company. Uh, but, but Craig was definitely the one with the roots, deep roots here uh, in Arizona. So um, as we're moving forward, uh, this is the Ocotilla campus, the start of it. We can see the monument mm -hmm. sign and you'll see some of the additional mm -hmm. signs. Uh, the groundbreaking, the, the, the ribbon cutting back there was Mayor Tipshering and Craig Barrett together in one of his previous, mm -hmm. as you can tell by <laughs> his, his youthful look, uh, one of the previous uh, mayorships. Um, but by the time we get to the 90s and the 2000s, we really start to see Intel take off, right? Because, uh, you know, even culturally, right, there's references to the Pentiums mm -hmm. in songs and movies and all those mm -hmm. kinds of things. So talk about the growth at that point. Yeah. Yeah, the, the growth, we were, uh, um, myself just as an employee there, the, the amount of work, the, the progress, the hiring that was going on was dramatic. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention too, this, this site, Arizona, is very diverse. It has, uh, it has manufacturing, obviously, from all those buildings and the factories, but just about every other function. We have engineering, we have marketing, we have finance, we have support groups like IT. So when you build a factory and you build a business, you have the growth in all areas. Um, and uh, it, uh, we continue to be one of the sites that has um, a focus on leading business development and technology innovation too. Um, some of the work that we did, the early work that we did in autonomous driving started here in Arizona. Oh, yeah. cool. um, so, and we continue to be a point of some of the more innovative uh, work. And people sometimes don't realize where it started because oftentimes it branches out into our, our sites that across that cross to other locations as well. Sure. So also at this 90s time frame, um, the city was also trying to reinvest in Intel as well. Um, up to that point, um, the Brewers, you may have remembered in the 80s when the Brewers uh, had their spring training facility down mm -hmm. south, um, they started at the late 80s, early 90s, became interested in having a new stadium. And the leadership at that point said, yeah, I don't think that that's where we want to put our money. Mm -hmm. And they began to invest in the Price Road Corridor, uh, putting in the infrastructure and the lines of the different mm -hmm. types of, of gases and electricity and mm -hmm. water needed to continue to allow Intel and others to grow. So mm -hmm. I think that the city's leadership also was, re was in re reacting to the investment that Intel was pouring into all of those factors at mm -hmm. the time. Yeah, and it's, um, so certainly we're um, pouring it into the factories, but if you think of the, the, the impact on, that there's a thousand uh, other businesses that are suppliers that are locally based here in Arizona, we definitely believe in investing and bringing up the, the local market. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we look in locations that we can really have it grow and, and invest from the beginning. The other thing I wanted to mention too is just um, the community work we do um, right from the beginning, from our early days, uh, volunteering and uh, investing personal time, group time. A lot of our team building events at Intel are volunteer events. 
and Intel has always been very committed to um, giving back to the community and encouraging charitable giving to to the schools and, and, and other uh, communities that need it. And so that's a really big part of it. So we're, we're giving financially to, to our suppliers and to the economy that supports it, but we're also giving to the community because we, we believe in it. We, we always say we, live, we work here, but we live here too. Absolutely, so. and I think that's a really great segue too, right? Because like uh, many people in the audience, some of them are from Intel, but mm -hmm. others have connections or people, <laughs> it seems like everybody you run into, right, is either I know somebody who works in Intel, or I worked at Intel, or, or, or a family member worked in Intel. So like, it really <laughs> does mean the community starts to have that family aspect when it comes to a, a company mm -hmm. like Intel. Yeah, so the, the team building events that we do, so there's, that's another aspect of Intel that is wonderful. Um, I was talking with a few people, like our celebrations over the years. I remember our 25 year anniversary celebration, which was a huge, huge blowout. But there's so many others in between. Um, and I always say too, the, the memories, some of you, if you have a personal connection to Intel, you just remember the people that you've gotten to know over the years. I've been to weddings and baby showers and uh, you're a part of people's lives as you grow uh, with Intel. And I think um, there's a community, you, you mentioned that you, almost every year probably either has worked at Intel or knows, show of hands, how many people worked at Intel? Oh, that's so cool, that's awesome. How many people know someone who has worked at Intel? <laughs> okay, all right. So yeah, yeah, but in the early days, it wasn't that way. So it definitely grew because in the beginning, it was, what is that company, you know? And, and then now, you know, your, your grandmother knows who Intel is, so yeah. So, so talk a bit about how, maybe from your perspective, as, as you've been, uh, you know, uh, supply chain and, and how mm -hmm. has the, how has the business changed, right? Mm -hmm. I think when Intel first started, it was in memory and then it went mm -hmm. into chips mm -hmm. and it has continued to evolve. Mm -hmm. So like how has that business changed? Yeah, well, in the area that I'm in, certainly in, uh, in supply chain, it's changed very dramatically, especially recently with, uh, with COVID and um, you know, recognizing how important our chips are to everybody's life around the world. So before, um, you, we, we, we are more and more global in nature for sure, uh, but we also have uh, a need to uh, develop um, the ecosystems around us um, because, as, and as we do, there's a responsibility to those companies that we've started and, and uh, given back to. So we're, we're broadening our scope more and more into new areas and new technologies. There's, there's no uh, semiconductor area that we're, uh, we're we're not in, or at least we're indirectly uh, utilizing for our, our work. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's a very broad area now. And if you look around, it's sometimes, um, you look at the types of engineers that we have, every possible area and discipline. Um, software is very big now. In fact, we hire more software engineers than some software companies do. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's much more diverse uh, than we used to. It's much more global in nature than we used to be. Okay, sure. So again, we'll talk about sort of some of that growth of, of Intel, right? We, we were talking about the 90s and, and how there was a lot of growth as chips got bigger, faster, maybe smaller, I should say. <laughs> smaller with more computation capabilities in smaller, smaller pieces. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, as, as we get to uh, the Obama era, when President Obama was, uh, was here, he came and visited uh, the Intel site 
in uh, uh, 19, uh, uh, 2012 uh, because he was announcing a $6 billion investment that Intel was making at the time just as we were heading into uh, a fairly big global uh, recession, recession, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and some tough times for, for Intel at the time, right? Mm -hmm. So talk about yeah. that. Yeah. We have a history of, of um, not trying to save our way through a tough time. We, we believe in investing and um, even as we're going through what we're going through now, it, it's been a tough, tough time with COVID, et cetera. But we always believe that um, the use of our semiconductors are getting to be more and more important. So you have to invest. Our, our, our factories take a, lot, a long time to be built. Mm -hmm. So you can't, you gotta be looking far in advance in order to meet that uh, growing demand. And even now, obviously the demand for, for semiconductors has gone through the roof and all the shortages that are around the world. And we're, as you know, investing very heavily uh, right now. Um, yeah. uh, 20 billion, I believe, Yes, correct? <laughs> yes, yeah, and, and so it, it, is, it, it is a risky business. We gotta believe in it, and you gotta put all your money down and, and go for it in full force. Um, and what's nice is we have a lot of people in the community backing us up as well and supporting us as we go after the, 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 the challenges that we have ahead and the, the things that we've done. But in my 30 years, I've seen, you mentioned the Pentium uh, oh, situation. Yeah. I was involved. I was I was on the phone during the Pentium flaw, helping uh, recover from that, and we did it. So yeah. I think we we have a, a history of uh, stepping up and uh, dealing Absolutely. with the challenges head on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's I think that's the the impressive thing, right? So as as the global recession, you know, impacted all sorts of businesses, and businesses changed all over the world. Just like you said, Intel was busy reinventing and reinvesting and continuing to develop. So that at the point when the global pandemic hits and then suddenly all of us need all sorts of connectivity that we didn't know before, right? Suddenly every child needs a, a computer with multiple <laughs> chips in it, right? So that they can just go to school. Um, that is at that point when Intel got a new CEO, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and announced uh, a new strategy. Can you touch on that? Yeah, yeah. So Pat Gelsinger is our CEO and he was at Intel and he came back to Intel and um, it, it, was, it was nice to see him come back. He, he uh, definitely brought um, a lot of energy back into the company which we needed. Um, so he announced something called IDM 2.0 and um, it was during the pandemic, I was working from home like some, some workers and um, that uh, don't have to be uh, in, on site for, for factory work. Um, and uh, in March of uh, 21, um, we announced that we were doing IDM 2.0, which included uh, moving into the Intel Foundry Services business. And that happens to be the group that I am now in. Right, so right. it was very cool because I was at the Akatia side, hadn't been on, on, on campus for a long time. And there was this big announcement and this big investment of what, we, what we're gonna do. It's a strategy that recognizes that um, we have a responsibility to support the various customers and the various customers' needs. Sometimes it's, it's the IDM piece and our own Intel mount manufacturing, and sometimes we can use other people's designs and still service, uh, service them. So what does so, IDM stand for? Uh, so let's see if I get this right. It is Intel uh, Direct Manufacturing. Ah, so okay. I think it's right. It, it's basically we're building our own um, our own design, our own chips that we offer. But we also know that there's a lot of different 
um, requirements out there in the world and there's a lot of other companies that might have products that they also want our expertise to build it for them and help them improve on it. So this opens that window up to do it to, to do both and uh, get more chips out there for all the different needs that are, are, are uh, needed in this environment. Cool. Yeah, because like, like when we were talking about this in advance, we were talking about how everything has a chip now, right? Like yeah. your refrigerator, <laughs> your Fitbit, your everything yeah. has multiple, multiple chips. It was one of the funny things uh, when I was looking back and doing some preliminary research when they're announcing that Intel's coming. In 1977, they announced how you know, they make chips and soon you'll find chips, maybe as many as six chips in a car. Now think about that. Six. There's six chips in a car. <laughs> That's kind of a funny idea, right? Because there's literally thousands. But, uh, but, but that being said, um, so what, what is the, what's, as you continue to trans, transform and continue to look ahead, where are we headed? Where, where's Intel headed as, as we move forward? Yeah, I, I think we're playing um, a very important role for, for the world right now because we're making sure that our chips are available and secure for the world. Um, so we are uh, putting ourselves out there in a very uh, visible way um, in order to uh, make sure that um, there's access to the chips that power the students, power the education system, power the hospitals, and that it's not a constraint. It, 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 we are so dependent on that, that um, there's a need to continue to invest in that area. And we really believe like the future is bright. Um, there's gonna be you know, challenges that we deal with like always, but we'll deal with them. And uh, I think um, it's shown that sometimes you don't really know what the future will bring, but as long as the community, the, the, our employees, everyone works together, we mm -hmm. can overcome it. And so there's a, a definite, definite excitement in the air um, of where we're going and uh, we're attracting lots of people back. I, I always like to say it's, Intel's a wonderful place to work. If you have kids, if you're interested, you know, go check out, check out the jobs. It's, there's a variety out there. They're not just engineers. Right. And I'm one who can prove it that uh, it's more than just engineers at Intel. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I think as, as the city talks about um, the excitement of, of, you know, Intel uh, as, it, as it's looking forward and knowing that those demands and, and that new approach, right, of trying to serve other customers as well as your own um, construction. Um, do you, I, I know I asked what's in the future, but mm -hmm. I, I guess my point is, what are some of the challenges that you expect to face as we're yeah. going in the next five, ten years? Yeah, yeah. Um, we are uh, we um, are having some areas that we have to uh, do some more um, investment in and develop some new technology. Um, there's other areas. There's competition all around us for sure, but um, the strategy that we have is bold and um, the people that we are hiring and the people that are coming back to Intel as well. It's very interesting watching. There are people from all over the industry who are coming back to Intel. Mm -hmm. um, and that is um, inspiring to me mm -hmm. because people are saying, ah, I, I want to be a part of this. It's like a, a, it's another, another era of new Intel, chapter. a new chapter. And what we can achieve together um, could be uh, pretty amazing. There's definitely a sense of, um, one of the things our CEO talks about is moving at a torrid pace. 
We're very focused on being agile, uh, learning, adjusting. It's the kind of things that you say to your kids, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, be, be nimble, you know, adjust when you need to, and I think we're doing it every day. Um, learning from our mistakes as well, right, sure. along the way. But it's, um, we are very committed to Arizona. We, we continue to uh, invest, uh, and, and then we're investing in other places in the world, but it's, it's, we're, we're not forgetting Arizona, and, and that's obvious too. So um, I think it's a, it's a long history that we have here, and the investments with the universities and with communities um, continues to happen. And I think that'll continue to grow as, as well. So uh, one of the things in your bio that, that uh, you talk about is DEI, right. mm -hmm. uh, diversity, yeah. equity, and inclusion. Yeah. And um, obviously I can say when you talk about a community and mm -hmm. uh, how Intel has changed, uh, Chandler mm -hmm. is one of the most diverse communities in all of Arizona. Uh, and it's in part due to the influx of all types of workers mm -hmm. uh, to work in Chandler, to live mm -hmm. in Chandler because of this. So talk a little bit about some of the initiatives uh, that, yeah. that uh, Intel uses. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. It's, as I said, it's dear to my heart. Um, it, uh, I've seen it myself, how the landscape of, of Chandler, the landscape of Intel has changed over time. We are very committed. We, we have programs or com uh, groups called uh, employee resource groups. And we have, um, we, we want the person to be seen, is what we, we say. Mm -hmm. And so there's resource groups with every possible interest and background or religion or, and it really encourages people to find their home and then share, share their experiences. One of the very wonderful things that's happening lately is ERG groups that are, might have different beliefs are actually partnering together to learn about each other. And that, uh, we're investing in that, you know, helping them uh, and encouraging them to do that. Yeah, build community amongst, yeah. amongst mm -hmm. differences. That's the other thing I'll say too is Intel has been a leader in the area of um, equal, equal pay. We were one of the first companies that came out and sort of published our information. So, mm -hmm. and then pretty soon other high tech companies started to do that. And uh, we believe in looking at the data. We're a data driven company and showing the data, recognizing the areas that we need to improve. Um, and um, publicly showing that and showing the progress over time, so, yeah. All right, well, I, I just want to thank you all for coming. Um, I think this is a, this is a really interesting uh, topic because, you know, uh, the museum here, oftentimes we talk about history, but we often uh, also talk about culture, the, the, the thing that makes this town what it is. Um, and it's all of people's stories. It's not just the people that, that founded this place, but it's also the people that came here to work. It's all their stories. That's what this podcast is about, is about Chandler people telling their stories, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I would certainly encourage you all to think about uh, sharing a story. Maybe it's, with, maybe it's with your neighbor, maybe it's with your family, or maybe it's even with us here at the museum where you could tell yours. Mm -hmm your story to us and we can help preserve it. It's all of these people that you look around uh, that really make this community great. It's great companies like Intel that help make it great as well. Um, but yes, I really want to thank you. I want to thank you, Lynette, uh, for, for sharing your story. Any parting thoughts? Yeah, I, I just want to really thank all of you for coming here because it is pretty amazing that on a Friday night, all these people wanted to hear about Intel and Chandler and it really touches my heart that there's, because it's a good part of my history. And uh, just thank you for coming and listening to the stories. And I want to hear some more of your stories as we uh, maybe mingle for a little while. All right, so um, with that, that's a great